Welcome to the Mind of Smoothie Podcast. You are now tuned in and listening to the Mind of Smoothie Podcast. What is going on? It is your boy, Smoothie, but of course, welcoming you to the Mind of Smoothie podcast. If you are new here, welcome. I invite you to come for the entertainment, stay for the journey. Without further ado, we're about to get started. Sit back, relax, let's get into it. I don't know about you all, but for me, certain things from my childhood that as I become older, I begin to question whether or not these things were real, whether or not I dreamed them up, or if I took a few different things, smashed them all together, and made up some narrative. But if it's a, a toy, if it is a, a, a place I visited, a vacation, a television commercial, a TV show, the older that I get, the fuzzier it becomes, thankfully, through the invention of the internet, a simple search, a YouTube video maybe, a Wikipedia entry, you're able to confirm these things and, and see that they did exist or you were off your rocker. Others, there's not so much information on. Even in this, you know, later age of the internet, there's there's not much to go on. And that is the case with a television show that I remembered when I was growing up, it was a children's television program that aired on the local CBS affiliate, uh, Channel 10, in the Philadelphia area. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are going to be talking about a show that was, for years and years, a, a unicorn to me, something that I really questioned whether or not it was real or not. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be talking about the Candy Apple News Company. <laughs> It's time now for the Candy Apple News Company, featuring Alistair Cuckoo, Boris Bat, Morgan Mole, Sparks O'Sullivan, CB, and our editor-in-chief, Matt Robinson. This is your announcer, the radio speaking. As I had mentioned at the top of this episode, there's really not much information on the internet available regarding the Candy Apple News Company television program. I was able to find a Wikipedia entry and an IMDb entry. Both of these entries were light, and both of them pretty much shared the same information. So I will just give you what I was able to uncover. I don't know, maybe somebody listening who was local to the Philadelphia area and was growing up or lived around this time, maybe... You can shed some light and have some additional information. The Candy Apple News Company was a locally produced children's television series that was produced and or ran from 1979 through 1981 for WCAU-TV Channel 10 in Philadelphia, which at the time was a CBS affiliate. The show is set in a newspaper office with live actors interacting with puppet characters. Each episode was about 60 minutes long, consisted of these segments with the puppets and the live actors, different educational segments, pre-produced educational or informative pieces that were all sprinkled in throughout the course of the show. Think of it, if you will, 
similar to another locally produced children's television series that was eventually picked up nationally, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Very similar in that vein with live actors and puppet characters and different educational pieces sprinkled throughout. In searching through these two entries, the Wikipedia and the IMDb entry, I was able to come across two primary cast members, live action cast members, that is. And we'll go with the star of the show first. His name is Matt Robinson. The character he portrayed on the show was the editor-in-chief. Matt Robinson played the original Gordon in Sesame Street around 1969. He is a Philadelphia native. He also did some writing for Captain Kangaroo, a nationally televised or nationally syndicated, however you want to put it, children's television series, very similar uh, in nature again to the Candy Apple News Company. Also, he did write for a duration of the show's lifespan for The Cosby Show, which was uh, pretty interesting to to see that. His daughter is actually Holly Robinson Pete. She was in 21 Jump Street, and she is married to former NFL player, quarterback Rodney Pete. Unfortunately, Matt Robinson did pass away back in August of 2002. There's one stopping point to, to try and investigate the show further. The other cast member that they listed on these two entries was Mary Margaret Myers. She played the character CB. She was a supporting character, interacted with the puppets as well. But outside of this show, the only information I was able to find out about her was that she was a, for a better part of her, after, I would assume after this show, she was a news anchor for ABC. At the time of Candy Apple News Company, she was also a news director at WCAU-TV. Uh, so they really just pulled in the resources that they had at the station because this was all shot in-house right there. She passed away as well back in October of 2010. So again, there's not even a chance to reach out to her, but that's life, I guess. It's just crazy. And the other one, and I'll get into this later, but how I came across this connection, uh, one of the puppeteers on the show was Mark Ritz. Now, if that name sounds familiar to you, he was probably most prominently known as the lab rat or the, the rat on Beekman's World, Lester. You know, that was him dressed up in, in the character. Um, and his parents were, again, Philadelphia natives, they were puppeteers as well and had shows, kids shows in the 50s. Um, but he, he's also known as the co-host, the puppet co-host on the PBS uh, show Storytime. So I guess Kino was that's name. I'm not familiar with that show. So he, he you know, did have some successful stuff. Um, but unfortunately, he passed away in December of 2009 as well. So there's three, you know potential leads to this show that have all since gone, but we'll come back to Mark Ritz in a little bit. And aside from that, that was all the cast information that I have or was able to find about the show. There's not even really production on this show in terms of who, who might have produced it or who might have been involved because there might be other names, writers, whatever. I'm assuming Matt Robinson, of course, probably did a lot of writing for the show. Um, but there was also another program on around this time um, called Star Stuff. Again, a local Philadelphia show, same vein. And I believe Mark Ritz had involvement in that, whether it was just being a puppeteer for a segment. I believe the segment was The Edge of Space, if I'm remembering correctly, but we're not talking about Star Stuff right now. But that was it in terms of live actors and the cast. 
Uh, there were quite a few puppets on the show. One was a bird who lived in a clock, and his name was Alistair Cuckoo. Cuckoo Clock. Uh, Boris Bat. Morgan Mole. Sparks O'Sullivan. And the radio. The radio was a, just a big like console-looking radio that was kind of the announcer narrator on the show. And that is it. They're the main characters, and they are the only ones that I did remember. Again, at the beginning of the show, I mentioned that this was a very much a, a unicorn for me. Had me guessing if it was actually a real thing, because there really wasn't much information about it. But lo and behold, last fall, I was able to... I was just searching, because every once in a while, periodically, I would go in, search Google, and see if there's any new information, or search YouTube. And there was an episode, incomplete, but albeit an episode of the show. We're going to talk a little bit about that now and a little bit about just my memories overall of the Candy Apple News Company. Before we dive into the episode, I, I feel it's important to just give a little background about how I found the show when I was little and how we got to this point where we're at now with this craziness trying to find it and find more information about it. So as, as a little guy, I would wake up on Saturday mornings and go into my parents' room before they got up and before the day really started because they had the huge 19-inch TV with the remote control and cable, not like the dial TV that I had in my room with the trusty NES hooked up to. It was color, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I would go in to prep and start preparing for the Saturday morning cartoons. And I typically back in the 80s, the blocks of cartoons on all the major networks usually started around 7 o'clock in the morning. Of course, I was up before this, so it was probably about between 6 and 7, and I flipped on Channel 10, which was CBS, and I remember watching Catching This Show, and it all came back to me when I finally saw this episode, and this was all stuff that was in my mind as I was doing my searches and, and trying to figure out if this was real or not. And I remember the news studio or, or the news newspaper office i remember the logo at the time i thought it was the candy new candy apple news network when i started searching for it as i got older but then i remember watching it knowing it wasn't it was there to pass the time and i knew in only a little bit the good cartoons would start and that was just my childish thinking at the time because this was a good show for what it was and for all intensive purposes i really wish it was a, a bigger thing um and document it better and archive but so from just then and remembering the show that i would see and it didn't it seemed like it wasn't every saturday or maybe it wasn't every saturday that i caught it uh but it, when i did see it i you know remembered it enjoyed watching it it kept my attention so skip ahead and to the year 2002, I am now going on 23 years old. It was 4th of July. I remember talking to my buddy, and for whatever reason, I brought it up. I was like, hey, do you remember this show? And I gave a little specifics. I think I one of the characters that I remembered a lot was Boris Bat. And I mentioned it, and he kind of knew what I was talking about. But then again, we had been drinking, so I don't know if it was the alcohol talking or whatever and how much he, he really did know. But whatever the case may be, I felt a little bit of vindication that this was a real thing and, and that I, I should pursue this. And maybe there is stuff out there now that we have this, you know, fairly new 
invention at the time, the internet. So I went to work and proceeded to, to search for it, probably not even Google search at that time, and no luck. There was no YouTube at the time, so if there was any video clips or any footage like that, it would have been a flash video or a little MPEG file embedded right into the website. But in my searching, I did come across, and this brings it back to what I had mentioned in the earlier in the episode uh, in terms of Mark Ritz when we said we would come back to him. So somehow doing my searches, I, I found out that he was, his name came up as, and one of his credits was the Candy Apple News Company. I don't know if this was his personal website. I don't know where I seen it. But I was like, that's it. That is the show. I was able to, it had to be his website, but I was able to contact him through his website. And he replied back. This was 2002. He didn't have to do it, but he did. And very nice. And he said, yes, I, I was a puppeteer on that show. I did Boris Bat. And I forget if he said he did any of the other characters. And I had asked him in the initial email if he happened to have any, if there's any footage of it laying around anywhere on VHS tapes or if the studio itself would have had this archived and he you know he's like i may have one episode on a tape that's very you know old and degraded and and that's as far as it went it was it was nice and, and kind to him to reach out to me and you know kind of continue to cement the fact that this was a real show but that was that was it and then i kind of you know didn't think about it much every once in a while it would come up in my head and, and i would wonder you know, if there's any more footage and then as the internet grew and as YouTube became a thing, I was like, well, let's revisit this. Somebody for certain has to have put an episode up. Nothing. But finally, like I said, last fall, I happened to put in YouTube, Candy Apple News Company. And sure enough, there was an incomplete episode. I immediately, immediately downloaded it to save it and archive. And I'm glad I did because it is no longer on YouTube. I don't know if it was flagged and removed. If the user no longer was there, I wish I would have um, marked it or noted it. Who who was the YouTube subscriber? Whatever the case may be. But now I do have in my possession a an incomplete episode, and it's so good to see. But at the same time, it's so defeating because I'm led to believe and think, and and one of the Either the Wikipedia or the IMDb stated it was 60 minutes um, duration for a show. This is only 28 minutes, but it does have some old commercials in it too. Not, no standout ones, a lot of local ones. But so it was cool to see that. For all intents of purpose, I'm happy with this little piece that I have and just wish I had more information. I wish I had the, the closing credits to see information about production and it would be another step or another lead closer to maybe finding these shows because they have to exist somewhere. I, I Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe television studios didn't archive stuff like that and it just got destroyed. This episode is titled To Catch a Thing. The premise of the show is we see Matt coming to the office and he goes to get the daily edition of the newspaper and he puts a quarter in and there is nothing in the newspaper box so somebody and there was only he opened the machine up and there was only two quarters in there one being one that opened the machine to get all the newspapers and the other being his 
So he goes in and starts asking around the office. He goes first to Alistair Cuckoo, who was missing a piggy bank. And then we hear that Boris Bat is missing a picture of his mother. Morgan Mole is missing a journal. And Sparks O'Sullivan is missing his new pencils and everything. So Sparks continues. They go on a, a, trying to piece together what or who could have done this. It seemed to be an inside job. And CB comes in and is acting very suspicious and they're thinking that it may or may not be her uh, she's not she's like well i didn't lose anything but it, it was just it was funny to see this play out it was very very silly and sparks calls in a detective named sam slade and again this is where i wish there were credits because i do not know who this actor is i even tried to do a google image search and it really didn't pull up anything uh, of note I would love to give credit to who he was in the show, but it's just not there and not available. But he comes in to begins asking questions and everything. And the episode cuts out or ends. It goes to a commercial and then it cuts out during the commercial break. But next to a bookcase where the bat hangs from and lives, there's a creaking from the door. And I remember one of the characters being a Yeti-like character. I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but he was a Yeti-like character, and I believe Matt would dress up like a, a mounted police officer, a, a Mountie, and he lived like in the basement or, or whatever. At least it seemed that way. At least that's what I remember. But I'm wondering if his name was actually Thing, and to catch a Thing, if he was the one who was coming in. I, I don't know, and I can't be 100% certain of it. But that was the premise of the, that was the story throughout the episode. <clears throat> Again, that was 28 minutes worth, so not even take out the commercial time. Probably have a good 15 to 20 minutes of an episode. But we have, in that episode, there are two of the produced clips. One's about a hockey, a youth hockey organization in New York. And the other is about a theater for uh, people who are deaf, uh, and that is, I believe, in Cleveland, Ohio. So it was just, they were obviously, like, probably um, can't stock videos that the show could go and purchase to, to put in there. But of, of note, there was another segment in there called Meet the Animal, and on this one, Matt interviewed a tiger. It was a person dressed in a tiger suit. Maybe it was Mark Ritz himself. I don't know. Again, it's one of those things you would love to know and see credits for. But pretty much it was a, like a plug for the Philadelphia Zoo. They showed some footage of tigers and everything. And the radio comes back and says, you can learn more about tigers visiting in Philadelphia Zoo. So anyway, it's a really wacky episode, but it was fun. And it was good to come across that and go back to it after all these years. And, and finally, finally be truly vindicated but still feeling like there's more out there. I mean, I went as far as, well, I reached out to Mark Ritz, and I reached out to NBC, the WCAU channel, because NBC now owns it, and asked, and they just pointed me to a blog that I had already read. So that that was kind of a dead end. I, I don't know if CBS held the rights, and maybe I should reach out to CBS. I don't know. But it was good, like I said, to see it after all those years but I'm still still going to pursue finding out more about this episode. And that brings me to this, this final question in closing. I know all my listeners are not from the Philadelphia area, but 
are there shows in your area like this that ran in the 80s? This seemed to be a thing in like the 80s, even earlier than the 80s, but I don't think it's, I think it kind of phased out in the 80s. But local children's programming or programming that was put on by local TV stations that were affiliated with major networks. Like in this case, it was CBS, but I kind of Google searched that recently and I did see there were some in like Rhode Island and, and different places. So if that is the case, let's talk more about this on the Facebook group, you know, Mind of Smoothie podcast and friends. Join the group and let's continue the discussion. And if there are people listening from Philadelphia and remember this show and have any more information or maybe somewhere buried in your attic or your basement, there are VHS tapes and maybe, just maybe, you have hidden gold in full episodes of Candy Apple News Company. Please let me know. I would love to get in contact with you and get those digitized and get them out there. As far as this episode goes, I'm hesitant to put it online, on back on YouTube, because if it does get taken down, then I, you know, I don't want to deal with any strikes or anything against my channel. But at the same token, if it does, then maybe I can get a little more information, maybe see who the copyright holder is now, and maybe, maybe find more episodes and more Candy Apple News goodness. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed the show, and let's continue the discussion in the Mind of Smoothie and Podcast Friends Facebook group. You can also check out and like the Mind of Smoothie Facebook page. Other places you can find me on the internet are Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, at Mind Smoothie. Also, be sure to check out MindSmoothie.com to keep up to date on all the things and goings on in the Mind Smoothie. That's going to do it. Take care, and we will talk on the next episode. Yeah.